Hello, welcome to the podcast of Chesbro Baptist Church. We're continuing in our series on the Beatitudes. Today is Blessed Are the Peacemakers. The title of the message this morning is The Paths of Peace. Now, I will warn you, uh, the first five minutes or so of this message, I had to steal the audio from the Facebook feed, but then after about five minutes, the audio quality gets a lot better. So please enjoy. Something was about to go down. 
okay? It was getting serious at that point, okay? But the point is, is that Mayberry was a peaceful little town, wasn't it? Imagine living in a city like Mayberry, so peaceful. But listen, is that, is that the type of peace that Jesus is talking about here? Uh, you know, we don't have to worry about asking the question, would you live in Mayberry? Because we all know Mayberry is a fantasy, isn't it? Mayberry is a made-up place. It does not exist. It's a fantasy. Benjamin Franklin wrote a letter to John Adams. And in this letter, he Benjamin Franklin wrote this. He said, Blessed are the peacemakers, as I suppose, for another world, because in this one they are frequently cursed. And he's right. The people that try to make peace in this world are very often mistreated, aren't they? They're very often mistreated. Look, peacemaking, wrenching, hard work. Peacemaking is messy work. But I want to remind us today that peacemaking is something that we as Christians are called to. We are called to peacemaking. The Beatitudes, these aren't the requirements for you to be a Christian. This is the growth of a Christian. This is what a Christian is going to look like. And each step depends on the step before it. Poverty of spirit is the first step. The next step is mourning, which is a mourning over, the, over sin. You can't do that unless you uh, have poverty of spirit. Unless you've mourned over your sin, you can't be meek and humble before God. And if you never reach meek and humbleness, you'll never thirst for the knowledge, for the righteousness of God. And it progresses all the way through, even to the end. Remember what we talked about last week? We talked about purity. Did you know that purity leads into peace? Purity leads in to peace. It come, peace comes out of purity. James 3.17 says, But the wisdom from above is first peace, I mean first pure, then peaceable. Gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. But the verse goes out of the way to tell you that purity is first and then peaceable. So, so even peace comes out of, out of a life that is pure. Peace comes out of a life that is undivided. Peace comes out of a life that is focused on Christ. Peace comes out of a life that is made clean by the blood of Christ, the Spirit of God, and the Word of God. Okay? Peace comes out of a life that is pure. 1 Corinthians 7.15 says, God has called us to peace. Did you know... That he has done this. This is something that God has specifically called his children to do. He has called his children to live out peace. Proverbs 12, 20 says, Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. A counselor of peace cultivates peace and then spreads that peace to others. And this action of spreading that peace brings the counselor joy and pleasure in order to do this. As opposed to, as opposed to those who seek out evil. Let me tell you something. If you look for trouble, you will find it. You'll find it. Hebrews 12, 14. Pursue peace with all men. 
The sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. We are to pursue after. We are to strive for. We are to endeavor for. We are to level. Uh, we are to labor for. To contend for. To seek after peace. But I want to bring your attention to that word peacemaker. It's two words put together into one word. Peacemaker. What 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 do we get from this? A peacemaker is never passive. The verse doesn't say blessed are the pacifists. It's not what it says. The peace doesn't just happen. You make peace. Peace in that sense is a goal. It's something we strive for. He doesn't say in this verse, he doesn't say blessed are those who are peaceful. That's not what, although there's nothing wrong with having a peaceful disposition. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that's not what he says here. That's a good description that you have a peaceful personality. That's nothing wrong with that. But he doesn't say, blessed are those who are peaceful. He says, blessed are the peacemakers. The, the, what we're focused on here is not the personality of the peacemaker. We're focused on the action. So it's not the personality we're focused on. We're focused on the action. Blessed are those who make peace. You've made it. You've produced it. You've invoked it. You've, you've, you, you've, you've took action for it. Uh, in, was it World War I? Yeah. World War I, the president of Columbia University sent a letter to all the faculty and staff in the whole university. And in the letter he said, what are you doing for the war, for the war effort? There was one faculty, he said, I want you to put your answer in writing. There was one faculty member that wrote on the piece of paper that said, Minding my, I'm going to mind my own business. And he, 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 sent, that, he sent that in. Listen, that might be what a pacifist does. That's not what a peacemaker does. That's not what a peacemaker does. A, peace, a peacemaker knows that dealing with conflict is their business. Peacemaking is not a passive characteristic. The language that he uses, that Jesus uses here, is active. A peacemaker is the one who attacks a situation, who confronts it head on. We have to instigate peace, foster peace, kindle peace, invoke peace. But most importantly, what I want to show you today is we reflect peace from the Lord. Peace comes from Him and we reflect it from the Lord. My statement this morning is that peacemakers are people who bring peace to others because they have it themselves. That's what a peacemaker is. Someone who brings peace to others because they have peace themselves. So what I've got to you this morning is I've got three paths of peace. We're going to follow peace from the source and we're going to watch it flow through our lives to reach its inevitable conclusion. Okay, So we're following the flow of peace we're following the paths of peace. All right, so the first path of peace I have for you this morning 
is the path of peace that is God to man. God to man. The Greek word for peace is irenehi. And the, the Hebrew word may be a little bit more familiar to you. You know what the Hebrew word for peace is? Shalom. It's shalom. They say hi and bye. They say shalom. Peace. And of course, the Greek word for maker, you know what it means? It means to make. It means to do. So what Jesus is saying here is that his children will grow into peacemakers. But didn't we say a couple weeks ago that this is a self-portrait of Jesus? If this is a self-portrait of Jesus and we are to grow into peacemakers, don't we have an issue with Matthew 10? Because Matthew 10, he said something very interesting. He says in Matthew 10, verse 34, Do not think I am come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. So you don't have to like your in-laws. No, I'm just kidding. A man's enemies will be the members of his household. Look, Jesus did say this, but what he meant by this is he is not going to bring what the world considers peace. He's not bringing worldly peace. What the world thinks peace is, no, Jesus didn't come to bring that. He didn't come to bring that at all. The Jews wanted Rome dealt with. They, they wanted to stop paying their high taxes. They wanted to be their own country. They wanted Rome dealt with. And Jesus said, I didn't come to bring that kind of peace. That's not the type of peace I came to bring. In fact, Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. So yes, he come to bring peace. But he did not come to bring worldly, secular, United Nations type peace. That's not what he came to bring. A 78-year-old man named Nikola Tesla stood in front of Congress seeking funding for a new project at 78 years old. And he said, what this project is called is it's called a death beam. Now, he called it a death beam, but the papers picked it up and they called it a death ray. And he said, when I create my death ray, what's going to happen is I'll be able to shoot a warplane out of the sky from 250 miles away. And no warplane will ever leave that country. And the day that this, this death ray goes online, we'll have instant world peace on that day. Do you think Nikola Tesla succeeded? He did not succeed. Uh, we, we never got the death ray from uh, Nikola Tesla. It, it, it never happened. Even if it would have even if it would have happened, it, there's not going to be peace on this earth until Jesus comes back. But listen, um, that's not the type of peace that the Bible's talking about. The peace means a peace with God is meant here. Not peace with the world, not peace with sin, peace with God is what is meant here. Um, 
you're going to be in a household and some people are going to be believers and some people are going to be unbelievers and there's going to be conflict. Jesus said that's what he's bringing. Now, doesn't, that doesn't sound like what the world considers peace. It kind of sounds like some of our Thanksgiving dinners, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, that, that's not what the world considers peace. But, you know, I will say that in that particular scenario, it's not the Christians that bring the conflict. It's the unbelievers. The unbelievers are the one who bring the conflict to, to the believers. In that, in, but that's not peace as the world sees it. You know who the perfect peacemaker is? The Son of God. I'll give you two guesses and you only need one. It's the Son of God. Ephesians 2.14, For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. He is our peace. Jesus is the substance of our peace. He's what peace consists of. So when, you're, when you give godly peace to another person, you're extending Christ because he is the substance of peace. You know, the word peacemaker is only found in the New Testament two times. Now, it's the same word, but it's spelled a little differently because in each case it's a different part of speech. In one case it's used as a noun, in another case it's used as a verb. So even though it's slightly different in both places, it's the same word. So this word peacemaker in Matthew 5, 9, it's not found anywhere else in the Bible except... Colossians 1, 19 and 20, which says, For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile, remember that word, all things to Himself, having, here it is, made peace. That's that one Greek word that I was telling you about. Through the blood of His cross, through Him, I say, whether things on the earth or things in Heaven. So this is the only other time other than the Beatitudes that in the Bible that word peacemaker is used. And it's used in reference to Christ's work and it's used in reference with this, it's connected to this word reconciliation. This is actually a ministry that when me and you got saved, we got put into this ministry. The ministry of reconciliation. What you can call this, it, it's broader than this, but a very big part of this ministry of reconciliation is what we know is, is, as evangelism, is, is getting the word out. Ministry of reconciliation is broader than that, but a big part of it is evangelism. As peacemakers, in this ministry of reconciliation that God has put us in, we are recognized as the sons of God. John 1.12, but as many as have received him to them, he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. So anytime in the Bible you're referred to as a son of God or a child of God, that is referring to your new birth in Christ. You've been birthed, your new birth, you've been adopted into the family. And as we toil in this ministry of reconciliation, people will recognize our new birth as Christians. When Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, 
for they shall be called the sons of God. He's not telling us how to be, become a son of God. He's simply saying that my children are, in fact, peacemakers. Okay, And people who are peacemakers will be recognized as the sons of God at the judgment and welcomed into the Father's house. Galatians 3.26, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So we are called the children of God, not through the law, but through faith. And this is more than a head knowledge of Jesus. People get this wrong all the time. Just because you have a head knowledge of Jesus, that doesn't mean that you're in his family. It's not a head knowledge of him. It's not the fact that they, you know Jesus did certain things. What's the Bible say about the devil? The devil believes in Jesus. The devil's seen him, okay? He, the devil believes and trembles. It's not about a head knowledge. It's not about knowing that he did certain things. It's about putting your trust in him, putting your faith and trust in him alone. That's what, it, that's what having a relationship with God is. And when you have a relationship with the source of peace, the prince of peace, the original peacemaker, then we receive this peace. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 for me, please. We're going to be here just a little while in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want you to see this ministry that we are put into when, we're, when we become Christians and we are peacemakers inside of this ministry. So you can only be a peacemaker if you've experienced peace with God. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. He, was committed, he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. I want you to think about this. Jesus is the innocent one. Jesus, Jesus didn't do anything wrong. We're the guilty party. He is the innocent one. But he is the one who, who initiated reconciliation with us. We didn't reconcile ourselves to him. No, he reconciled himself with us. And in doing so, called us to be peacemakers. We are called into this ministry that he started. So first off this morning, this peace comes from Jesus. It's the substance is Jesus is his self. He's the one who initiated it. I want you to understand today, and everybody needs to know this, that true peace cannot come without Christ. It's not true peace. An atheist somebody that doesn't believe in God, someone that's lost, can never experience true peace. Oh, they might, they might feel a facsimile of what the world thinks peace is, but is that true peace? If you don't have Jesus, you don't have true peace. That Jesus is, well, he's the substance of peace. You can't have true peace without Christ. There are people that fight 
world peace. But Jesus makes it clear. True peace comes from God, through God, in God, and is God. So the first path of peace is God to man. Now here's number two. The next path is God through man. So first we have God to man. Now we have God through man. Let's look back at 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 20. Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The father of modern missions was a man named William Carey. William Carey was a missionary uh, to India for many years. William Carey had a son named Felix. Felix had devoted his life and given his life to be a missionary just like his father. Well, it was about that time Felix got an offer from the Queen of England to be an ambassador to Burma. And this is a very prestigious, high position that he was offered. And Felix actually left his ministry to go be ambassador to Burma for the Queen of England. So William Carey wrote a friend and asked a friend to pray for his son. And this is what William Carey wrote in this letter. He said, pray for Felix. He has degenerated into an ambassador of the British government when he should be serving the King of Kings. The greatest ambassadorship is that of Christ. To be an ambassador of heaven. We are peacemakers. And one of the ways we make peace is to spread the gospel. It's called the gospel of peace for a reason. We're to bring the message of the gospel, the message of this peace to man. Look, who's the source of peace? Who's the original peacemaker? Jesus is. But is Jesus here? No. So we have to do it. After all, you know what the church is called, right? The body of Christ. We are his body now. We, on earth, the church is his body. And so we, like delegates, the citizens of a foreign country, we, we, we represent a foreign king. We are in a foreign land, and we're to bring the king's message to these people. And the king's message to these people is a message of peace. And the king is crying out, please be reconciled to me. Please be reconciled to me. An ambassador is more than a messenger. An ambassador is a representative. An ambassador represents the honor and the reputation of the king. They have the honor and reputation of the king in their hand. And as an ambassador, that means that our actions, our life, our message should be to tell people, please be reconciled to God. The church exists for this reason. The church exists for this reason. To herald out everybody, as many people who will, please be reconciled to God. 
Ephesians 6.15 says, And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now this is interesting. The gospel is of peace in the Bible, this phrase gospel of peace or bringing the good news of peace, is always associated with the symbolism of feet. Anywhere it's mentioned, or most of the places where it's mentioned, rather I should say. Uh, so it's always with, attached to the symbol, symbolism of feet because you are carrying the message to them. You see, feet are your foundation. Feet's your foundation, and so is the gospel of peace. The gospel needs to be your foundation as a Christian. It's what we should build our Christian lives on. We need to be well-versed in the gospel. Uh, we, we, we need to think often of the gospel. When we look at it, you know, we need to always be thinking of illustrations in, of the gospel. When you read through the pages of the Bible, look for the gospel. Even in the Old Testament, when you read the Old Testament, look for the gospel. I tried this. I'm reading Jeremiah right now, and I tried this with Jeremiah. And when you read the book of Jeremiah looking for the gospel, you can see elements of the gospel littered all throughout Jeremiah, which, spoiler, look for a series in the coming year about Jeremiah because this guy is an awesome guy, and he's a lot of fun to study. And so we might be diving into Jeremiah's life in the coming new year. But, but listen, and let's talk a, a more about these feet. These feet are the feet of a soldier. These feet, they, they are marching to battle, to defend. This is activity. This is motion. This is progress. I'm telling you today, peace isn't passive. Peace isn't passive. Imagine what our society would be like if our police officers were passive. Are you sure? Are you sure? Okay, I'm sorry. Bye. That's not, I'm, glad our peace, I'm glad our police officers aren't like that. Okay? Peacemaking is not a passive business. And then we see the word preparation. We're to be ready at all times. The second you see an opening to share the gospel, you take it. You make plans to share the gospel with other people. You know, when Paul was writing this through the inspiration of God, he pulled from Isaiah 52.7, which says, How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, which that's what gospel is, who announces peace and brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, Your God reigns. Paul loved that verse so much, he mentioned it again in the New Testament in a different place. He mentions it in, uh, in uh, Romans 10, 10, 15, which says, How shall they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. So Jesus is the original peacemaker. He is our peace. And once we receive that peace, we want to share that peace with other people. We become ambassadors in this ministry. We come, become ambassadors sharing the message of peace, bringing the good news to others. Have you ever went to a child? What did you learn about in church today? Jesus, we learned about Jesus. That's always the answer. We learned about Jesus today. Well, you know, that's really, that's not far off because the answer to everything is Jesus. 
you understand that there's some, uh, I don't know if you've paid any attention to this, but you understand there's a little turmoil in our government right now. You, who caught up on that? You know what the answer is? It's Jesus. You understand that our school system is, uh, there's some things wrong with it. There's dangerous situations going on. Teachers are underpaid and overwhelmed. And what's the answer? They need Jesus. That's what the answer is. Crime is rampant in our communities. It's, there are communities overrun with crime. What's the answer? What's the answer? Let's throw more money at them? No. The answer is Jesus. Do you know why it's called the gospel of peace? Because everywhere the gospel goes, peace follows. That's why it's called the gospel of peace. So here are the paths of peace. God to man, God through man. Then here's the, here's the final one. Man to man. I had flashbacks of my basketball coach when I wrote that. Man to man defense. But the third one is man to man. So we've talked about what kind of peace this is. This is peace with God. He makes peace with us through salvation, through our reconciliation. We share that peace through evangelism when we have opportunity to do so. But now I want to talk about peacemaking in a practical, day-to-day -day way that me and you do this every single day. This is practical. This is day-to-day -day in our lives. It is commanded that we're to be at peace with all men. The Bible commands. But did you know there's more to it than that? Romans 12, 18 gives us a little bit more. It spells out our responsibility of being at peace with each other a little bit more. Romans 12, 18, is, this is what it says. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. So this is peace of God. This is the love of, this is us showing other people the love of Christ, okay? But there's conditions attached to it. And let's look at the first one. It's the first statement. Two words. If possible. Do you know what this implies? Peace isn't always possible. It's not always possible. And we have, to be, we have to accept that, don't we? Listen, I know we're humans, and we want to be liked by everybody. But especially for Christians, that's just not, that's just not going to happen. Not everybody is going to like us. Um, so this is not possible. Look, when somebody attacks you, when somebody slanders you, when somebody injures you, when somebody reviles you, when somebody comes after you, I'm here to tell you today, you're not responsible for that. That's not your fault. You don't have to carry that guilt. It's, that's not, you're not responsible for that. You see, this first phrase, if possible, this refers to your assailant's responsibility. This is your assailant's responsibility. And look, if somebody is bound and determined to destroy you, that is not your fault. 
Okay, no matter what you do, they always come at you. That is not your fault. I'm telling you, it's not. But the next phrase, now our responsibility is thrown into the mix because now it says, if possible, that's the assailant's responsibility. Now, here's our responsibility. So far as it depends on you. So this is our responsibility now. You might not can prevent injury from coming at you, but guess what? You can, you can not start contention with them. That's something we can do. That's something I can do. Look, I can't control other people's actions, but you know whose actions I can control? I can control mine. I can control my own actions. And let me say this. Peace is not agreeing with everybody all the time. This is not what I'm promoting. That's, you, don't, you don't have to just agree with everybody. That's not what peace is. It's not agreeing with everybody all the time. But it's just, you can disagree, but disagree agreeably. Disagree agreeably. Man, this is something that the liberal world has a very, very hard time with. They're very intolerant to people who don't think like they do. And it's just, the honest, just, just being honest. Once again, Jesus touched on this in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5, 23, he said, Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and present your offering at, uh, after that. Did you know that our relationship with each other is more important than any religious duty that we have? Our relationship is more important. If there's a rift, go fix the rift. God does not want my religious acts if I'm an ought with somebody else. He doesn't want them. Go to your brother or sister, acknowledge the offense, ask for pardon, and then you know what? Wish well. Don't wish ill will, no matter what their response is. It, 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 is, it is my duty, it is my duty to seek out reconciliation when I injure somebody. Look, if I can't live peaceably with you, God does not want my worship. If I can't live at peace with you, God does not want Brett Martin's worship. Okay? And that applies to all of us. God doesn't want my worship if I can't get along with you. So, if possible, as far as I'm concerned, I have to live at peace with my brother or sister, with my neighbor. Now, the opposite of this is a troublemaker. Someone who is mean-spirited, someone who stirs up strife, and who lives to create conflict. That's, that's way, way opposite of a, of a peacemaker. I am not saying that conflict is not going to come up, because we're human beings. It's, conflict's going to come up. There's, there's no way to avoid it. Conflict is going to come up. I, I'm not saying that's never going to happen. But when I say troublemaker, what I'm talking about is somebody who lives for it. I'm not talking about the occasional pop-up. I'm talking about someone who lives, who seeks after 
lives for drama, lives for trouble. We all know somebody like that. And it's very good possibility someone like that has never received the love of Christ. They've never experienced the love of Christ. I'm going to leave you with this final, this final passage in 1 Peter 3, verses 10 and 11. Those who desire life to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. You know what Peter's quoting there? Peter's quoting Psalms 34 here. And he's saying that Christians who seek after this, their, their, their days are going to be extended. But what do they have to do right there at the end? Seek peace and pursue peace. Do, is that, do you seek that? Do you seek after this peace with God? Man, if you've, never, if you've never experienced peace with God, if you've never come into a relationship with God, if you've never put your faith and trust, and it's more than just the head knowledge, it, 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 you actually put your faith in Christ and He makes peace with you. He gives you salvation. And then after that, have you ever experienced the joy of spreading that peace to others, of telling others of the gospel message and spreading the gospel of peace and bringing other people to church and telling other people about the Bible, giving other people Bible verses. And when somebody's having a tough time, you're there to help them and you tell them about Christ. And then we live at peace with each other. That doesn't mean we're not ever going to disagree. That doesn't mean that we're not ever always going to have conflict. We are. But at the end of the day, we make peace. Because that's what we're here to do. We are called to be peacemakers. And when we fulfill that calling, we're going to be recognized as the sons of God. Sons of God, when you see the sons of God, that's a personal title. Sons of God means that you're recognized as part of the inheritance. It's recognized that you have the name of the Father. It's a closer, closer relationship with Him. It's kind of a step further, if you will. But this is what His Christians will grow into. We are called to be peacemakers. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just a minute, we're going to have an invitation. And at that time, we're going to stand. And you just do whatever God has put on your heart. If you've never experienced the peace of God, if you've never received Him, as your Lord and Savior, today's the day to do that. Maybe there's somebody in your life, somebody at work, somebody in your family, somebody in your neighborhood that you want to share the gospel of peace with, but you've just been holding back. Well, today's the day to, to give in to the Holy Spirit's calling to spread that message. Maybe there's somebody in your life that right now you're you don't have peace with. And that's troubling you. And it, 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 it's going to trouble you because you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you. You know what we should do? If possible, so far as it depends on you, 
make peace. Even if they don't accept it, you still extend the branch because it'll, it'll make your life a lot more peaceful knowing that you did your part. Today, let's be peacemakers.